good afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a great show, great discussion, lots of uh, really good guests today, and uh, always appreciate having you along to join in the conversation. Well, you know, it's this is a tough enough time for anyone trying to run their own business or small business because of cost of living, because of taxes, because of a bunch of complicating factors, even just coming through COVID. Being able to keep a small business afloat is not an easy job. Ask anyone who runs a business. It is it is full-time and attention and certainly two hands on the steering wheel over the last couple of years. It gets that much more complicated when you come up with great ideas and someone steals them. This is the story. You may have seen this. It was floating around on social media regarding Sticks and Doodles. Sticks and Doodles is a, a small business that started in Regina. It's branched out now, and, of course, they've got a, an online presence as well. So anywhere you are in the province, if you want to uh, access some of their signs, their decorations, you can do that. They came up with a very unique elevator design Christmas tree decoration that they, of course, were making. You could personalize it with your hometown if you wanted on the uh, Christmas tree decoration so it looked like an elevator. And, of course, they were flying off the shelves Then someone alerted them to the fact that you could go on a couple of these big sites like Timu and Etsy and buy them for like basically pennies on the dollar. So they were being mass produced somewhere and brought in and basically sold as their own. Now, a lot of people would be frustrated but think there's nothing you could do about this. Co-founder of Sticks and Doodles, Kyle Moffat, thought differently. He took matters into his own hands, and I thought it was an interesting story. Like I said, it was kind of going viral online, and so I wanted to chat with Kyle a little bit about this, and Kyle joins us on the line today. Kyle, thanks for uh, for plugging in today and having a chat with us. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So this has been quite a story. I saw it first, actually, on social media, but then I watched a couple of news stories about it. You and your team at Sticks and Doodles, very creative. You come up with some extremely creative designs, but you were tipped off that someone was trying to duplicate and, and rip you off online, correct? Yeah, we might not be Louis Vuitton, but there there officially are sticks and doodles knockoffs <laughs> uh, that are that are being sold uh, out of China. So how how did this come to your attention? You know, we just have a great audience and a great great customer base, and we had a message from a customer being like, "I just saw this, and I think she saw it in an ad." And it was our grain elevator Christmas ornament. And so it's a, it's a Christmas ornament with a grain elevator. And we customize them with towns, but the town we use, because where our family's from, is Moosman. And so they sent us a link. We go to the Timu website, and it's not even that they've copied, you know, like the style. Like they've straight up just taken our Moosman grain elevator photo and are selling it for like two bucks, um, out of this website in, in, in China. Yeah. Wild. So, so when you see that, what's your first reaction? Was it immediately, I'm going to do something to stop this, or was it, was it just frustration and letdown? Well, you know, at first it was a little bit of shock. Like I was like, holy! Like I, I, I tried to look at it as a positive. Like this is kind of cool that we are being noticed and and that our product is good enough to be knocked off. But then, yeah, you know, you think about like that ornament. Took a month to design. We partnered with a local designer, so we we actually had there were two Danelle, my wife and him, were designing it, and and your gut goes to the work that went into that and the idea that somebody's just taken it from you. Um, the information, the reception, we got it very much from a lot of makers and a lot of people that do the art. Um, who this has happened to is there's nothing you can do about it. 
Um, you know, it's, it's, it's happening overseas. Um, there, there's nothing, they don't care. It happens all the time. It's something you should just be used to. And so at first, that's kind of the approach we, we decided to take a bit of a, well, it's kind of cool that this is happening to us and that we're, we're being noticed. Too bad that it's happening. And we shared it on social. And I think this speaks to the community. Um, overnight, I think we sold 50 great elevator ornaments <laughs> here in Regina that night after we shared it. So, so I, you know, I think people in Regina, uh, and in Saskatchewan, they, 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 they want to come out for local businesses. When they, when you read a story like that, like you want to, you want to do your part to support them. So were you, were you successful in your attempts to actually get these listings pulled off the internet? Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you honest, uh, honestly, I, I kind of just accepted it at first and I didn't think anything was going to happen. I did go to Timu. They have a, they have a copyright infringement page, but it was asking for a copyright number and I didn't have those. And, a lot of that stuff seems very expensive, and so I wasn't sure there was anything I could do. But Timu actually reached out to us. So someone tipped them off about the coverage on this, and they reached out to us, apologizing, pulled the listing. And so I started thinking, well, maybe there is something to this. So I, I, I got in contact with, uh, with a friend of mine who had some experience in the realm, and he said, you know, people don't realize this, but the moment you create something and again, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not, don't, don't quote me, but he said, the moment you create something, you have a copyright of it in Canada. Like, that's yours. Somebody just can't take it. And so this actually happened to us over Christmas. We had another ornament, a billet ornament, taken, and this one they created their own design based off ours. So I went on to Etsy just today, and I said, like, I don't have a copyright number, but can you take this down? And they took it down this afternoon. Mm. So there is some hope for our industry. For sure. Do you have any advice, Kyle, for, for small businesses or other artists who are, you know, we, I feel like our province is full of people. I got a beautiful handcrafted wooden crib board at Christmas time, um, that, you know, was made by a Saskatchewan artisan. It easily could be taken and ripped off or, or whatever because of the unique design and style. Do you have any advice for people that are in this area and how they can protect themselves? Yeah, you know, first of all, yeah, we we have so much talent in this province. Like there's there's tens of thousands of people that are creating stuff that would just make your jaw hit the floor, and that's so cool that they're it's growing here. Um, my advice is not to get discouraged. I think for a lot of people who are starting off, you come up with a really good idea. We do live in a world where it's gonna somebody's gonna take it, um, and 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 the rule always is 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 is. If you're, if you're always copying people, you're never going to get ahead. So it's, it's better to be the person that's being copied because it means that you're onto something and what you're doing is working. But, um, don't listen to people when they say there's nothing you can do. That was my gut was I can't do anything. And, and all of a sudden I'm, you know, reached out to these, these big companies and, and, um, they're taking the stuff down. So that it sounds like there is actually an option for us, even though the initial reaction that I got from other makers was we should just accept it. Kyle, we really appreciate you giving us a few minutes today. Thanks so much. Oh, no, thanks for taking the story. I really appreciate it. Kyle Moffat, the uh, co-founder of Sticks and Doodles, and I think really shows you David and Goliath is a real thing in this day and age, and this notion of intellectual property, that's exactly what Kyle was talking about. It doesn't have a patent on some of the stuff, but they designed it. It's very unique to them, and so there is some case law around intellectual property. So I think it's a good thing for small businesses to be aware of. And and more and more, I feel like this really gained momentum 
during the pandemic, people were being urged to shop local and support small business. We've seen a, a ton of artisan shops in the province that have opened up and a great way to, to shop local, keep your support at home and help those that are running small businesses. So I love to hear a good story like this with a happy ending. And uh, of course, I appreciate Kyle being willing to share it and everyone that supported uh, Kyle and the crew at Sticks and Doodles through this this challenging time for sure. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Well, good afternoon and thanks so much for joining us. I just uh, poked my head in the newsroom and they are buzzing there with lots going on. Of course, following the free agency thing with the riders, uh, you know that Jamie and I in the green zone will give you a complete up to date uh, recount of everything that's happened since 11 o'clock was when the window opened. AJ Ouellette has already been announced as signed. And so that's some exciting news for Ryder fans. And we know there's a few more on deck. Uh, and there could be a couple surprise moves today as well. So the green zone today, two o'clock with Jamie Nye will continue to follow that. Also, the newsroom is continuing to watch what's going on with the teachers. And basically by watch, I mean literally watch. Is the door opening? Are people coming out smiling? Is anyone high-fiving when they come out of the building? Like there's, there's, uh, you know, this notion that they're, they're back at the bargaining table for a couple of days. Yesterday and today, the province has said they have a new mandate and they've talked about it being basically a monetary mandate. So it, it's really going to be focused on a wage offer for teachers. We've heard from Samantha Beacott, SDF president, that the only way they're going to agree to a deal if they feel classroom complexity is being addressed. The province is saying classroom complexity is a problem, but we're not going to address it in the collective agreement. So, I mean, I, I think there's middle ground there, and we've talked about this. You've probably you've heard me talk about it enough that you're tired of it, but the middle ground is can you address it in a way that guarantees it in the contract but specifies how it happens outside somehow? So basically, whether you assign a monetary value to it or you come up with a joint committee that is solidified in the collective agreement that gives teachers a voice in how this is going to be resolved, that's probably the only way you're going to get it in there. But the reality is we've heard nothing yet from the teachers in terms of how this is going and whether or not they're that much closer to an agreement. So we'll we'll continue to follow. The province did yesterday um, basically throw out a, a bit of... Uh, I guess a, a news release to us to let us know that they're, they're very happy with how some of their new innovations in the classroom funding is being accessed. Remember the, they came out with a couple of pilot initiatives. One was to deal with complexity in the classroom and they had a few classrooms in the province they were going to pilot. Then they came out with the teacher innovation and support fund, basically to provide funding for innovative ideas brought forward by teachers with an aim to improve the experience for both teachers and students. They had nine solutions brought forward, about $400,000 spent on these nine solutions that basically were a range of innovative ideas supporting literacy, mental health and wellness, science, technology, engineering, and math. Even teacher practice was captured in some of the nine solutions that were brought forward. So they're saying, look, this is good. This is are part of our long-term commitment to the work that we're doing. The STF said we need a long-term commitment beyond pilot projects. So I'm assuming part of what they're talking about behind closed doors is how do these pilot projects get moved into something long-term sustainable and guaranteed moving forward that, you know, ultimately benefit children, students, uh, our children in the province and 
families, teachers, and everyone else that's involved in education. So we'll continue to follow that. Our newsroom is on top of it. But like I said, nothing new right now. And how about the Charlie Angus discussion that we had this morning? NDP MP Charlie Angus trying to criminalize the promotion of fossil fuels. He's basically trying to model his bill closely on the 1997 Tobacco Act that placed some pretty severe limitations on cigarette advertising. In fact, he's saying fossil fuels are climate-ravaging toxins that must be shunned as soon as possible, and they are basically another thing that is attributing to death of Canadians. He thinks that industries have been using misleading marketing in how they are promoting, and in fact, he doesn't want you and I to even talk about it, whether it's on social media, a bumper sticker on our car, anything even if we're talking about something that's scientifically true, like natural gas is cleaner than burning coal, for example. Don't don't talk about it. Even though it's true, don't talk about it, because if you do and this bill passes, you're a criminal. Someone suggested here, I can't know if I can find the uh, text message quick enough, but someone suggested they're going to have to build a lot more prisons. Tom from Dundurn. <laughs> if Angus's bill gets passed, they're going to have to build a lot more prisons, because I'm going to be in one. <laughs> Appreciate that. You know, we did get some people texting in, I think two or three, that supported Charlie Angus's position on this. Lane from Regina said, this sounds good. Not only restrict oil producers, but oil consumers. No more advertising from car companies or airlines. Any industry that consumes petroleum and the holiday train that's promoting CP and CP uses a lot of petroleum. So we had Lane from Regina We had one more earlier that was Stan from Saskatoon. So we had two people out of a lot of texts and calls today. Two people supported Charlie Angus. And I mentioned this earlier. We threw it out to Charlie. We tried to get Charlie on the show. We still will. Same with Jagmeet Singh. Whether they agree to come on or not, I guess that's yet to be seen. All right, tomorrow, another great show for you. We're going to be talking about the cost of living crisis and how it's affecting people that are retired. If you're retired, you're on a fixed income, what is the cost of living and these ever-expanding costs due to your retirement plans? We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll give you a chance to weigh in. We will be meeting the new Chief of Police for the Regina Police Service. Chief Farouk Sheikh will be joining me. And special for Valentine's Day, we're going to talk with author Tina Fetner. She's got a new book based on sex survey that were done in Cana- with Canadians, and it gives us a bit of an inside look into Canadian bedrooms. It's called Sex in Canada, the who, why, when, and how of getting down up north. Just, just in time for Valentine's Day. That and a whole lot more tomorrow right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.